Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we will be talking about the films of Francis Farmer. We will start off by sharing maybe like how we were introduced and general thoughts. So I hope it doesn't sound rude or mean, but I had, I had no, I did not know who Francis was. I literally didn't know her from the Nirvana song title. She, none of her films were on my radar. She was just an actress that I've never, ever encountered before until we did our plan of this season. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know personal life. I didn't know films. So it was an interesting experience. Bless her heart. But yeah, no, I have very limited knowledge. This will be interesting going into like when we talk about the biopic next time, because mm-hmm. you can like fact check everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Audrey? Oops. Yeah, same. I think it was the Nirvana song. I think that's yeah. how most people know of her. So that's pretty cool. And I watched Flowing Gold, which is the John Garfield movie that we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was super impressed with her, I think. I didn't like the movie the first time. My opinion has changed, but it was just cool to see her. And I knew a little bit of her story. She is defo, sadly more known for her personal issues. But people don't talk about how good of an actress she was. I started off watching films with her being quite spunky, quite feminist for that time. But then I also really liked when she was sweet and Mm -hmm. naive, which came in the later films I was watching. And I thought like she really played that two differences really well. Mm-hmm. And that in one film where she yeah. plays two roles of that. And so I thought that was really interesting. I think that's what's cool about her as an actor is she can do both of those, but convincingly on both sides. But yeah, I think something that I just really love about her is that she is quite tenacious, but mm-hmm. also very likable has a lot of human qualities too because I feel like a lot of those types of characters can just be one note like the broads with the wisecracks and stuff (laughs) and I think that came down to the fact that she was method acting trained she went to Russia and Mm -hmm. learned about the Stanislavski method and worked with the group theater So I thought it was cool to see that as well, especially with a woman, because you're used to people talking about all the people you think of when you hear method acting. But she was a pretty early practicer of that style. Do we know what she did in terms of being method? I think she just really wanted everything to be honest. I think that was her go-to phrase. And she would study, I know for Come and Get It, she would study um basically like prostitutes or like women on the street (laughs) yeah (laughs) and she would pick up their mannerisms and I think you can tell that in the film but yeah I'm I won't say too much about it yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah should we do do it chronologically should we say yes so Louise and I thought we would just go through the films that we have seen because Francis only made 15 but we watched eight and ten if I have rhythm on the range which you didn't watch that one did you nope okay starting off strong <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just a Bing Crosby vehicle and mm-hmm. I'm not a Bing Crosby fan I'm with so... you I'm with you I'm with you and also it was testing reality for me because he plays a rodeo cowboy 
not a cowboy. Could have cast literally anyone else. But yeah, so Frances plays like this rich heiress and she's going to marry this other guy, but she doesn't want to. So she runs away. There's some good comedic stuff because uh, I think they were trying to capitalize off of, uh, what is that movie? The one with Clark Gable and it happened one night, I think is the movie okay. where they do like the hitchhiking sequence. I don't know if you've seen that. I've not scene. seen it though. No. Okay. So it's road trip-esque but they're on a train and there's some banter back and forth. Frances is pretty funny in this one but she is very much overshadowed by some of the other characters who are super annoying. (laughs) There's also a bowl character like a an animal in this film. His name is Cuddles. Cuddles! Cuddles a bowl did you say? Oh my gosh! (laughs) And he is so cute. Definitely steals the show. I can't even imagine a bull being cute. (laughs) But he does chase Francis around at one point, and it looked like a literal bull was, like, chasing someone. So that was a little concerning. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to get into the animal practices of that. Yeah. And I'll talk more about something similar in another film. But, yeah, I just think there, there was some nice physical comedy like she starts a fire in the train compartment and then Bing is like give me some water and then she just throws the water like on his face instead of on the fire so it's sort of like an enemies to lovers type situation but then they have to add in like the second plot with these other two characters that are falling in love but they don't really serve a purpose and I think that's just the 30s and 40s movie thing is like to add this comic relief but they're generally not funny <laughs> just very abrasive yes it would have been funny in that time but you uh-huh. watch it now and it's no it's not funny <laughs> those are the highlights of the film are francis and being seen yes. she does some rope tricks oh oh, f- yeah. oh nice okay <laughs> okay I'm, I'm on board yeah she wears some cowgirl get up and looks pretty comfortable and natural in it uh- I think that's about it. It's just a lot happens, but it's not that as entertaining as it should be. Yeah. Waste of potential. Yeah. Okay. But definitely, I think that was her first big role. I'm excited to see where she's going to go. Do you want to introduce Come and Get It? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. So this is quite, this is very early in her career. Uh This is quite interesting. I was really shocked to see that Francis was in a a Howard Hawks slash William Wyler film. (laughs) Howard and William are both shunned it weiler didn't do a lot on the film he came in at the very end at the end yes and so he was like why am i even he was basically forced to do it it's Um, so interesting this would have been like on paper just a perfect film for me because i love howard hawks i love william weiler set in the late 1800s and it's about this guy called barney glasgow played by edward <laughs> arnold who oh my god i hate him so much oh <laughs> my yeah oh my, and i think this is what actually might have affected the film but the main thing <laughs> is that yes edward arnold plays barney glasgow who's like a head of this login business i don't know there's a literal five minute scene the login yeah and barney glasgow and his mate swan who always says Jim- Humpany crickets or something isn't okay, it? he's like, him humping him and he or you're like right because he's Swedish. Yeah. He is Swedish. Yeah. He's but Swedish. he says humping. 
<laughs> they consult a Swedish person. I don't think so. But yeah, so they meet this barmaid who's played by Frances. Her name's Lotta, I don't know, it's Lotta Morgan. Um, She's great. We don't see her a lot. She is very spiky, very mm-hmm. itchy. Oh my God. And then hearing what you just said about the prostitute, yeah, it all makes sense. <laughs> just took a little clock, but so she falls in love with, say falls in love. I yeah. didn't believe they were in love because her and Edward Arnold were like together, but he's old enough to be her dad. Yeah. Like, it's very it's weird. So weird. Yeah. They have a thing together, mm-hmm. but Edward Arnold's character is actually in the process of marrying someone, Emma Louise. And <laughs> so he, he leaves Lotta to marry this woman, to, to marry into her wealth, basically. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, what a snake. Yeah. <laughs> so mad. And then, so I think it must be about 20 years, 25 years pass. And yeah, I think it was 20. Edward Arnold goes back to his old logging town where he meets Swan. And we learn that Swan married Lotta. Um, which also, once again, why on earth did she marry him? Yeah, <laughs> come on. He's even older. Like, <laughs> That's not a good rebound. No, not at all. But, and then this is where it's quite interesting. He has a daughter of Lotta, who they named Lotta after her... Oh, wait, did I say that Lotta's dead? (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) Yeah, definitely that. No, so Lotta died, but they had a daughter called Lotta, also played by Frances Farmer. And surprise, surprise, weirdo Edward Arnold also falls in love with her. (laughs) Wow. Oh, what a creep. So gross. So she went like, he has a daughter the same age as her. Oh, mm. it's just so gross. It's so gross. And obviously, he's not in love with her. It's the idea of her. And someone very box compared it to Vertigo, which is very similar in its oh, yeah. when, I, when I saw that it was Francis again, I was like, oh, yeah, this is so Vertigo. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically it. And then, yeah, young Lotta. Oh, actually, how I differentiate them in my notes is I would do F for Francis and then for. For the daughter, I would do DF, daughter Francis. <laughs> I just said Lotta one and Lotta two. Lotta two. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, but we I had to differentiate, that. otherwise I would be so confused. <laughs> what did you think of it? It was not for me. I think yeah. I agree. It's like the abrasiveness and like the horrible creepiness of Edward Arnold's Barney. He made me so mad, but Francis, she was great. I preferred first Lotta. I think second Lotta, like she was fine. I thought her performance was good, but I just wasn't a fan of the character. And then yeah. just like how weird the dynamic was with yeah. her and Barney's. Plus, I also just felt like she was there both times, both characters, to be like mm-hmm. a plot point or something for, was it wasn't a love triangle, it was like a love hexagon or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Because you also had to add in Joel McRae's um, character, who is the son of mm-hmm. Barney, who was in love with the second Lotta. <laughs> So it's- can we just say we are 100% calling her Lotta too? That's so much. <laughs> and or second Lotta, like I love that. Yes, we're doing that. Yeah. So there was some interesting stuff. Like it was based on a book written by Edna mm-hmm. Ferber, who wrote Giant, which we'll be talking about later. So it was that same vibe. It's a 
family epic, but it was 90 minutes long, but it felt long it enough. Spanned. Oh, oh yeah. It also did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like it spanned many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the short runtime kind of hindered it from really fully developing, especially with that 20 year time jump. That's a long time. But even with like lot of one, we barely mm-hmm. got it to how many scenes was she in? Not a lot. Like yeah. it would have actually been like beneficial. Five. Is, right yeah it's that's true greater to see her for a longer time mm-hmm. yeah both time periods to stretch that would have been so much better she actually looked quite ethereal like and mm-hmm. i feel like they might have, like in her differently but yeah no she was exactly the same she mm-hmm. got none of swan's genes at all yeah <laughs> they just cloned yeah, right? <laughs> lucky for her exactly so i think they did a good job with this movie like really giving her <laughs> lots of close-ups and nice looks but it does do that whole madonna whore thing where lotta one is what's the word <sighs> she's the... <laughs> i know what you mean i think i know what you're trying to say because they definitely yeah. try to make a lot of two virginia and like mm-hmm. pure so yeah, yeah she's always wearing sense. white and like, yep. she's so naive yes which is just annoying i don't I feel like Frances really did do a good job, but it's just the way her character was written. And I know she was very frustrated with this too, with the second Lada is just, there wasn't a lot of substance there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that makes the fact that Barney is pursuing her like so relentlessly, even creepier. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and then also it adds another layer because like he was in love with her mom but then he abandoned her and now Mm -hmm. he only really comes back so he can get with her daughter so weird it's so icky i don't like weird (laughs) yeah i don't like it one but and he's so old i'm sorry i keep saying this he's so old he was old in the first place like yeah like they they just didn't give him any redeeming qualities no not at all and also the film to me didn't condemn him whatsoever yeah no and then Walter Brennan played Swan and he is doing this really strange Swedish accent that was very distracting (laughs) are you telling me he is not Swedish (laughs) for it being Francis's most known role that's understandable but it's certainly not my favorite I don't know who it, it would appeal to no so I didn't really enjoy this film either. This isn't Frances at all, because I actually mm-hmm. think this is the best she's acted in all of her films. Maybe it's because of the dual role, but I just thought she was really well acted in it. But it, it was just the story. Maybe that it's so rushed. What did I love? What did I love? I guess I liked the bit in the bar with Lot of One and Barney and Swan. See them in the right. And then there's a massive bar fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Frances gets involved she whacks a man with a bottle and before that as well she sings in that scene so that was quite fun something I wasn't prepared to notice maybe I was because I love this time period in a way but her fashion in her films are incredible yeah and should be talked about more and I'm just thinking now because I mean her dressing that bar fight scene was really lovely mm-hmm. it's like the great race outfit yeah. for like Natalie wore like those sort of dresses but her mm-hmm. fashion sense was brilliant in these films yeah. I love them all um, I think even a couple, crashes. it was Edith Head. Yes, Party Crashers yeah. was, was Edith Head, which is, yeah. when you find out that, find that out, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can really tell. Yeah. Plus then there's that whole logging thing, which definitely feels more just like a side element as the longer the movie goes on, which is so, what's weird to me. 
because I think it would have helped represent how Barney is like as a person. He is destroying the earth and just like he's destroying his friendships and his love life. Um, I don't, it just could have gone in so many directions and it didn't. And I was very disappointed. Weirdly though, I think Edward Arnold is quite good in the role. And then we yeah. see him later on playing another pig. He's like, found his niche. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's good at this. Like, yeah. I guess he accomplished his job. Yeah, he came on set and he did it. Yeah, but that wasn't well. enjoyable. <laughs> Oh, I have a question for you about yes. the film. Is yeah. that um, what do you think about? Loads of people in the industry at that time thought that Frances should have not at least been nominated, but also should have won the Oscar for her role in this. Oh wow! And I was a bit like shocked to read that. I don't know. I guess would be my answer. She just wasn't in it enough to make me feel like her character within the story. Yeah, really needed to be there. Uh, I'm not trying to knock her whatsoever, but it's more just like opportunities for the main character to do stuff as a result of her. Plus, they don't explore any of the stuff either. Lotta One and Barney just fall in love after one scene. So you don't even get to see that dynamic grow. So I think basically it's like the script and the plot like just didn't give her enough to do in terms of plot significance i just felt like she was there to coddle these man babies and i don't she should have been so much more interesting that because her reaction to all this stuff was not important to the film maker which is wrong she's mad because howard holmes and william wyler have great female characters in other films but they just seem to just throw that out the window here so it's very odd Mm -hmm. You know who did win an Oscar though was Walter Brennan. He was the first person to win best like a best supporting actor. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Which I was like, no, that's <laughs> he's not terrible. It's just I just think he's so much of a caricature. But he's better than he's better than Barney at least. Yeah, he gets better yeah. as the film goes on. Yes, yeah, and he actually has a character arc which you can't say about any of the other people in this film. It's probably not a recommend for me unless you want to get really upset about how annoying men can be. So, <laughs> okay. Toast to New York. Yes. Do yeah. you want to talk about it? I could, but I'm not going to lie to you. Plot was straight over my head. Like, okay. I don't know anything about Wall Street. I don't know anything yeah. about what they're like trying to do. <laughs> but we're back with Edward Arnold yeah. and he is with Mike Harry, which I think was like, the only good thing about this film. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just so I'm so sorry. I'm gonna really try and just not say anything mean. I just don't <laughs> like any of these films. Um Aww. oh her name was Josie in this, and that's my dog's name. So I also Aww, like, yeah. yeah. Like you know what like to me now Josie is not a human name. That's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then like a, these three, Edward Arnold, Cary Grant, and then this the other guy <laughs> oh yeah what was jack kind of like the Oki, worst member I of the think. group so edward you was... got jim fisk yeah jim, jim. Fisk is edward arnold then yeah nick boyd is carrie mm-hmm. and then yeah jack oki as yeah. luke um okay. they're trying to get like a quick buck i think they moved to new york to like they basically get like insurance and stuff and then they mm-hmm. like sell to the banks 
literally no idea they meet Josie who's a maid but she wants to be on she wants to be a Broadway actress and then yeah so Jack finances her picture basically mm-hmm. I actually really like Carrie and Francis together and then someone on Letterbox is like I guess Carrie Grant doesn't have chemistry with every female co-star <laughs> I really like them together I was really shocked <laughs> when I saw that so you can like them because that to me that's right. like an, an enemies to lovers and they yeah. really end up lovers but but they're quite playful together. There's some quite cute scenes with them in. And I'll take Carrie over Edward Arnold any day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a great line she Francis says. She says, uh, she's saying this in a sarcastic way <laughs> to Carrie. She goes, we poor helpless women certainly have to fight for our own place in your man world. Oh, and then she ended by saying, don't we? Sorry. And um, I was like, yes. Yeah. you love it. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> yeah, she's good in this. But once again, not in it that much. It's mostly about these three dudes who are just like three of the most annoying men ever. And <laughs> I really was trying to get a hold on why they were friends, why they were working together, because they didn't seem to get along at all. Okay, so they get all this money from cotton in the South. Okay. Oh, just See, like, I didn't know that's how they got their money from, and that's yeah, very dodgy now that I'm It's not that. a good opening. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they're just like these con men, and they smuggle cotton from the south to the north throughout the Civil War, and they just like don't touch on that at all. But they make a ton of money. I used a inflation calculator. Oh yeah, yeah. So what today's money, they would have made sixteen million dollars. <gasps> whoa okay (laughs) it all makes sense now yeah so they're loaded however luke who's like the dumb one he buys confederate bonds yes yeah which are worthless because they lost the civil war that was quite funny because they were like wait we told you and he was like he's like no you told me that they were gonna win and they were like no we said that because the what like the the lines were tapped. They're just like climbing up the ranks in New York, and then eventually they get into Wall Street. This is also based on a true story as well. Yeah, yeah, like, like loose super thing. loose. Yeah, which yeah. sucks because like Francis's character or like the real person she's based off of was so much more interesting, and I don't fully remember what the whole story is, but it's so much more interesting than. They present it here. <laughs> so then there's like a lot of uncomfortable like posturing between the men. It's not an interesting kind of love triangle. It's just like who is the most manly and it's so manipulative. Yeah, it has like a weird blend of comedy, drama, yes, like it's, sort of war I, type stuff. Like there's like know. things yeah. going on. It doesn't know what it wants to be. No. And it just doesn't really commit to anything. So it just dragged on for me. Mm-hmm. There are some good lines. Like, I think the dialogue is pretty clever at some points. Yes. And there is some good physical comedy, but Francis isn't really doing any of the comedy. No, no, but yeah. reserved on that front. But I was so disappointed because there's the scene with her big stage production that the movie's kind of building up to and then it's just little snippets yeah, from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a montage. Oh my God. And no. There, was no, there was no, my biggest bugbear is that there was no, there's one scene of her um, re- rehearsing for it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just like this giant production. So I was disappointed we didn't get to see that It was too weird. Much, but I don't understand 
who all these men are and like what yeah they're representing and but I think basically they were just competing to be the richest and then obviously it all does not work out for them which is just a classic story but to me they just didn't do anything with it no really plus Carrie's he's so misogynistic in this I I can't I like him in this I won't lie (laughs) (laughs) like I wanted to root for him and Francis but he just he's so mean to her up until they kiss I can't root for that but yeah I did. <laughs> so I'm just looking at my notes now, like screaming, seeing in love. <laughs> I love their scenes together. She even serenades him as well, which is yeah, very sweet. But then she's Baby. like, I wasn't seeing that for you. I know, right? Yes, queen. <laughs> Literally, yeah. the penultimate note I made was, I don't even get why Jim is a bad guy. Oh my God, what? what? I didn't. What? Because he was money laundering. Who cares? <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Like, oh my god! I really did not get this film. I just okay. Like he what? He made some. He was spending money. What? Yeah. Like, I was so lost. I was just nah. Yeah. Checked out. I, I really think it was out. just too similar for me to come and get it because it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I was like Edward Arnold takes advantage of Francis, and then there's like another guy that's in love with her, and then they just fight over her, but she doesn't really do anything. Yeah. I think a common theme for me with Francis's films where it's one or maybe even two annoying men just yeah. fight over her. <laughs> just since she's so more so much more interesting and like capable as an actor, it was very disappointing that she was yeah. reduced. The weird thing, too, is she usually starts off with a lot of personality. And then as the film goes on, she just becomes less and less of a character. And I genuinely don't get that. Kind of like the men ruin her a little bit. Yeah, but then they don't explore it. No. Either. Kind of run down in it. Yeah, thankfully we don't have to see Edward Arnold anymore. My God. Uh, (laughs) I don't missed that okay no, no i'm fine <laughs> with that yeah I'm what's the next film okay so the next one i have is exclusive this is an interesting sort of newspaper slash crime drama we have edith head costumes nice so already a win basically francis plays the daughter of charles ruggles and his name is Love it. Todd Swain, um, the character. Are you trying to tell me that Ruggles is the actor's actor. last name? Yes. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Why did he not change that? He works at a newspaper, and then Francis's boyfriend slash fiance is played by Fred McMurray, and he is an editor at the same newspaper. But they are like being threatened by this gangster played by. <laughs> Lloyd Nolan, and his name is Charles Gillette. Oh, <laughs> Gillette. Yeah, like the razor. Like the razor? That's all I could think of. Oh my god, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he owns their rival newspaper. Okay. So Frances wants to get a job because she was fired from her previous job, and she likes to work and help out her family. And also her fiance owes money i can't remember why or to who (laughs) 
drama, she gets a job with Gillette's newspaper. And she is like an informant for him. And so she tells him that he's about to get a raid on his gambling joints. And so then that gets her in trouble with her fiance because he's super against Gillette. And he's also mad because she tipped him off about this raid, which was going to be like an important story for their newspaper. Okay, so then Francis gets this story about a political candidate who happens to be an ex-convict. And this leads the man to come to her house and tell her that his life is now ruined because of this story. And he shoots himself in front of her. And they, it's, yeah. So he pulls out a gun. So we see that. And then it cuts to Francis and we hear the bang and her reaction. And I was like, holy crap. That's insane. Yeah. That's mad. I thought this was going to be like a rom-com based on the poster, like cute and I was like, okay, I gotta buckle in for this ride. Did this happen early on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's blaming her, even though she was just doing her job. Like, she was just writing this article. And obviously, she did not ask for this man to commit suicide in front of her. No, oh my god. But now, her her fiancé, who's, they're not engaged anymore, and her dad are so against her, and they're like, basically saying that she killed this guy um they're blaming on her yes (laughs) oh my god so yeah I don't want to give too much away after that because you haven't seen it but it just gets crazier from there and I loved like Francis was playing a lead role too which was really nice to see yes that's very that's a good point to make actually Yeah, yeah, yeah this is like her first legit lead role yeah and she maintains like this personality throughout the entire film too which is also a good thing I just love seeing Francis be like super headstrong and um just have a lot of facets to her character as well and I could really feel for her because she was just trying to do her job and like her father and Fred McMurray's character were just so mean to her and against her. And I think she was trying to prove like she could do it. And then obviously the outcome was not what she expected. But it is the 30s movie. It has to end like happily or at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't want to give anything away, but I do feel like the messaging in the end is not really fitting like what the rest of the film was saying that was disappointing but I do think everything leading up to that was good this is so refreshing to hear like positives yeah (laughs) this is quite nice I like this yeah I like this movie a lot and I think it really just had to do with the fact that there's a full story there's a lot happening a lot to think about yeah it's very short I think it's only 70 minutes or so and Frances gets to show off a lot like she's also got some really good comedic moments there's this part where she does this very over dramatic fake acting in front of the police that kind of thing yeah 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 Yeah. amazing (laughs) yeah and then also you have to start thinking about what kind of role should the news play in our society 
And then there's a whole gangster thing too. So then gangsters are always fun. And it's quite Um, interesting as well, what you said about the newspapers. That's quite relevant today and Mm -hmm. has always clearly been for all time. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but timeless in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I recommend that one. Oh, lovely. Nice. Yeah. And I think the men in this also suck, but it's counterbalanced by how strong Frances as a character is. And she is the main focus. Oh, that's wicked. That's perfect. That kind of works. You know what? Like the bar is on the floor, but it is. Lisa gives us good Frances. Yeah. (laughs) That's all that matters to me. I was also, I I know I just said this, but it was very refreshing to hear you talk, just hear a positive view on Frances' films, because I don't think we're (laughs) going to get that (laughs) in this next one. Yeah. I, you haven't named any favorites yet, have you? No. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I probably don't really have any, but okay. like, maybe Come and Get It might have been like third, I think. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. In terms of like how I've rated it, mm-hmm. it would technically be my third. Okay. So yeah. We're now in the 40s. So exclusive mm-hmm. wasn't, that was 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is. 1940 exactly is south of pega pega yeah so they're in <laughs> shanghai it opens in shanghai no it doesn't take a bag it's singapore. okay <laughs> it's singapore it's singapore but francis wants to go back to shanghai and okay as she says leave this dump which Ooh. is the bar they're in because it's a bit of a dump this bar so she <laughs> joins up with this crew which i was like okay i'm liking this i love a crew film yeah where they they're looking for some treasure basically this guy i wrote down his name pharaoh he like says about how on this island they've got they basically like you can find diamonds there and they're like oh yeah let's go to it they group up they go on a boat it's francis pharaoh i think three of our sailors i know there's two really evil ones but i think there might be a third okay. and they go to this island and there are natives on the island and basically they just do not get along at all mm-hmm. because obviously like the evil sailors that's what i called them in my notes <laughs> not even, i don't think they're sailors but i was like maybe like pirates are probably a better term oh like, yeah you know what i mean um but no, we'll go with evil sailors they they don't get on with the leader it's really interesting the power dynamics because obviously these are like tribal people to this island which mm-hmm. is really dodgy when you know that, that the main guy is white yeah <laughs> he's clearly which also is the same with Gene in Son of Fury, where they're defo. Yeah, they're. Yeah. They shouldn't have cast a white person in yeah. that role. But oh my God, like, you know what? Like, it's. I'm not excusing it, but like. Yeah. It's just of its time. But they don't get on with the island group. Evil sailors really don't like the main leader. And and it's just basically them mining for the diamonds, and the leader doesn't want them to. And then the leader and Francis get married, and then they go on a honeymoon, and then that's when all hell breaks loose. And, like, the evil sailors, like, take control of the island. Oh, my God. And, um, quite an interesting thing from Francis. She's bad in it, because she's with the evil sailors at first. But then I think she just... she I, I don't even know why she married the guy. <laughs> like, she just did. She just, why um, not? Exactly right. Like, yeah we're doing anything now yeah <laughs> she looked really good in her island garb she looked really great Hit the beach life suited her yeah but uh, uh, yeah i don't really have anything to say yeah. <laughs> so this was like her return ish okay. to hollywood after golden boy okay which she probably should have been in the film golden boy so it just sucks that like after this after that, then she has to go back to doing 
that kind of film. She originated this role. I feel like yeah, she should have gotten the film. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's too bad that Hollywood was just like, no, we're just going to put you in this island movie. You know? awful. It's so awful, isn't it? <laughs> it's really bad. She is famous now at this point. I think her name is a draw. So what, what are they doing? Putting her in these weird island films? Like yeah. <laughs> or just giving her nothing to work on? Let's go to Flo and Gold, okay. which is compared to South Apego, an actual film. Like. Yeah. John Garfield basically lobbied for Francis to be in this film which I just think is really cute and this is my favorite Francis movie I don't know if that's controversial (laughs) my number one which as I mentioned before I didn't like it really the first time but I liked it more this on rewatch basically flowing gold is just oil um, which is what this movie is about (laughs) but there's a lot of other stuff going on John Garfield, surprise, surprise, is playing a convict. <laughs> He's oh, on so the run. Back. Yeah. <laughs> They're in this town called Eagle Neck, and it's just kind of a nothing town because it's got like dirt roads that are always muddy, and there's a little downtown area and stuff. But basically, a bunch of people come there because oil was struck. And Francis's father, what was his name? Oh. Oh, Wildcat. Wild yeah, Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, High School Musical. Yeah. <laughs> he owns this, uh, or I don't remember the terminology, but he and his crew have this little spot for their oil mining. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm like really exposing my lack of knowledge. What the term is, yeah. But no, it's good. We don't like oil. <laughs> yeah. Back <laughs> in, it? No, no, thank you. Yeah, I know. That's bad. But then similar to Exclusive, there's like a rival oil man. Oh, so I love the rival guy. Yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> His name is Hammond. <laughs> and so I guess these two old farts have been having a rivalry for ages. And Hammond recruits John Garfield. Yes. Whose name is John in this, I believe. I know, I love it. <laughs> Pat O'Brien. He's like the main dude with Francis's dad's company and he met John at one point they were because they were working together in the past he knows John is a a criminal an escaped criminal and so he's like keeping his identity a secret for him from the police which is I don't really get why he would do that um no no just not a narc in it maybe yeah I guess he just doesn't got do you. that yeah yeah so then yeah Francis is mad at John because he's working for her dad's rival then he ends up coming over to their side there's all these different like relationships because we yes. got Francis with her dad and then with Pat O'Brien and then with John because then oh, surprise there's a love triangle between the oh. latter three yeah yes. it's yeah. annoying but basically pat is in love with francis but she's not in love with him he ends up getting his leg broken and so he has to go away and he's not really in the film for a while because he's at the hospital and so then she and john start to fall for each other and oh my god i love them so much they're same, so cute same, same. freckle nose freckle yeah. nose <laughs> So yes, John Garfield's favorite co-star also. Yeah, nice. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) 
because I think maybe my favorite scene in any of Francis's films is in this movie, which okay. is when they're sitting on the porch and they're talking about them. Like they're telling each other about themselves. Yes. And it was just like a really nice, sweet moment. Get to see John be more human because he's definitely trying to prove how macho he is and, you know, how good he is at oil stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But with Francis, he is really able to just take a breather and really calm down. But it's not in a way that feels unnatural. I think he just feels more comfortable with her. And so I thought that was a nice dynamic too. Um, And he's a little mean to her at first, just like taunting and flirting. But as it goes on, it really becomes more of a genuine relationship. And I always saw that as well, though. It was different to her and Carrie because, yeah, you were right. Carrie was mean to her. But John is like playful with it. Uh There's like a little hint of something fun there, which is... But that's also, I don't know, I feel like that's John's charm as well. Mm -hmm. Because he's so cheeky. He just sells that persona really well. He just really sells it. And I think him and Francis, knowing each other before working on this film, and then their personalities play off each other really well. And so I think... Both of those things help a lot. I really love their uh, dance scene where like she's dancing with that guy. Like not to make him jealous, but she just Uh does not want to dance with John. I think she doesn't want to admit her feelings about him. But like her face when she's dancing with that guy is of terror. And it's hard. You did that to like you're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Just dance. And then he tries to show off. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the other woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's so corny. Yeah. And also, I oh my god, he says dames in this. And I'm like, oh. I, I just forgot what John Garfield's like. I just yeah. love it. So glad to have him back. Yeah, it was a nice little treat. I am intrigued though. What do you think made you like it more in a rewatch? I'm so glad to hear it. I love yeah. that. <laughs> it was the first Francis movie I saw. And so I wasn't quite like interested enough yet, but I yeah. think after seeing a lot of her other films and being like, eh, she's good in them, but they're just not like super good films or I don't really like her co-stars. And so I think it was that comparison that made me realize this is a much better film and she has great chemistry with Don Garfield. I mean, I think she has great chemistry with all of her co-stars, honestly, but it just feels the most natural for me in this film. And also there's a plot. There's three acts. Yes. <laughs> there yeah, are some yeah. arcs. Maybe seeing what some of the other films of hers were like made me realize that this is actually a pretty well put Good together film. movie. I like her character in this as well. She wasn't like hard or cold like her Viking characters were. Mm-hmm. She's just really nice in this and she smiles a lot. And But she's also headstrong. Like I just really liked her in this. I liked yeah. her character. And I loved that her sort of masculine qualities weren't really an issue because I feel like with Badlands it's made fun of and I love seeing her hair just be natural like she's not gussied up at all which is just so cool I love it also she's like a business girl in this you know Mm -hmm. what I mean she is like in the oil business learning about it she's in it and I just love to see that as well Yeah, she knows what she's talking about. People listen to her and take her seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, highlights would definitely be the dance scene because there's some really interesting back and forth with her and John. Yes. Like what's going to happen? And 
you know, what do they really think about each other? So there's some nice resolution with their characters. Um, And also the ending, I was like, it's not necessarily a super positive ending because he gets caught by the police and he's going to go to trial. And it just ends with them like going off to that. So you don't even know how it's going to end up. It's a cliffhanger, isn't it? Yeah. It's like blowing gold too. Yeah, come on. They should have done it. They should have done it. <laughs> I just love John and I love Francis. Yeah. And yeah. oh, I just think it's them really that makes the film. They really are really good together. I like this film too. Probably not as much as you, but I just love the John and Francis stuff. That made it for me. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember anything else. I watched it today. <laughs> I don't even remember the ending, but I just watched the John and Francis stuff. That was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, lo- I just love their scenes. I love that he called her freckle nose and he kept calling her it. Like, it was a whole thing from the whole film. I liked her running after him on the train. It's just these, like, standout scenes for me. But, but yeah, no, it was a good film. It was all right. Yeah. Good. She's in all so many business films, though. If it's yeah. not oil, it's loggers. If it's not that, it's Wall Street. Like, yeah. <laughs> so many. That's true. Let's see what's next. Okay, I watched... One that I don't think you watched, but world premiere. Oh, no, okay. Now, this okay. one actually looks good, though. It, this is what about, it's like films or something. Yeah. But, it oh, has... it just... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I was so upset, though, because the premise sounds so much fun. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically it's about Hollywood taking on Hollywood, which could really go either way. Francis is barely in this film I think she has four scenes <laughs> like she's God, not what? yeah because that's a good thing with a lot of her films is mm-hmm. that she is in a lot like she's in it, a lot, it enough yeah. yes but like yeah, this yeah. she serves oh. as an important plot point but not till much later on um oh, painful yeah <laughs> but it's funny because she plays this very snooty actress mm-hmm. who is like nothing like Francis was in real life. But they're filming this movie about the Nazis, I believe. Old Hollywood has this really weird fascination with Nazis. Like was it, of, I mean, this was during World War II then as well, right? Yeah, it's like right before the US entered. So I think that kind of accounts for <laughs> this. Wow. The tone of this film. And so then the studio head wants to create fake publicity that these spies are trying to kill or threaten the cast members. But then it turns out that these real spies are confused for the hired ones, but they really do want to wreak havoc. And they need to destroy this film because the film portrays them in a bad way. And so they want to get rid of it. Which is okay, that could be pretty funny, but it's just not. I, I, <laughs> is it meant to be funny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it starts off pretty good because Hollywood, it's pretty honest about how that whole thing works, which you don't really see, especially from old Hollywood. It's like just super temperamental actors and directors and producers, and they're just like poking fun at them. But then it focuses too much on the spies. And I just, I don't feel comfortable really laughing at Nazis. I don't. Is it making fun of them? 
yeah but the, it, i don't know it's they get too much screen time they're just bumbling around um so it's not even really good physical comedy either okay yeah is francis doing a lot of the comedy stuff is she on the good side she's not a nazi is she oh, no thank no. god <laughs> worry then <laughs> yeah basically there's okay. like this whole subplot where her husband is like the lead actor and he's in love with his co-star who is going to be married to this other guy the publicity agent for the studio okay and so francis is very upset with the other actress and um so she's just there to like sort of be the jilted wife Okay, it makes sense now that you said that she's yeah. only in four scenes. Okay, yeah, like, <laughs> okay. So it's more so about, like, her husband and yes. the lady. And I don't know, it's just not that interesting to me. So I think there's at least, like, eight different things going on all at the same time, but none of which are funny. And so it just no. was awkward and embarrassing. <laughs> like, second, oh, so much no. secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then there's a whole sequence where the film is being stored in this tiger's cage for some reason. And so there's this whole extended scene of basically this tiger getting beat up and stuff. And it's like a real tiger. And I don't know. It's just like, that's not funny. And it just goes on and on. Okay. I think it should have really just stuck to the Hollywood stuff because that's like, can be good especially because it really did seem like I was trying to go there with that but yeah sucks because I really was excited for yeah it. the premise looked really good so yeah. that is disappointing where we're we at next I think Badlands of Dakota oh an interesting one yeah this was my favorite Francis character Ooh, okay um was Kelly Jane a real person yeah I she was a real person she was real yeah, Bad Lands of Dakota. I really actually did enjoy this one. Weirdly, I only gave it two stars. Probably deserved more. But I actually really did enjoy this one. Basically, it's set in the Wild West of Sorin, Dakota. There's these two brothers. One's... He's not the marshal yet. Is he? Bob. Bob. Bob, yeah. So Bob's the higher up mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film. And he sends his brother Jim to go get his, his wife, basically. Mm-hmm. But then... Jim falls in love with the wife, with her name's Anne, and they like they get married in secret, and then they come back to the town, and yeah, all hell breaks loose basically. Yeah, um, but yeah, and Francis is there. Like it's just random. That's a good story on its own, but then, yeah, Francis is also there, and she is playing Calamity Jane, which is like the best casting I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> who came up with all that? It's so good. Like, yeah, Calamity Jane, I love it. I really like the Jim and Anne stuff. I love the, the romance bit. But yeah, we'll talk about Frances. And I thought she was absolutely excellent as Jane. I thought she was so good. She's in her cowgirl outfit. And she's also very feminist as well. And she doesn't wear dresses because they make her feel, quote, too darn effeminate, end quote. <laughs> I just love her so much. I think she's a brilliant female character for that age. Because we've always, I know, we've got to contextualise it. Like it is in, it's 1941. Like it's not going to be the most feminist but what they did with her was quite good she's just funny that like, the bar's on fire and she just leaves she doesn't yeah. bother helping like, she just goes <laughs> oh there's a great bit as well when there's like these jesters 
they're like sing it's very odd and she's like watching them sing and she's got like her hand on her like in her head and she's looking at them wistfully and she gets like a gun and she's like sing it again and they, <laughs> I mean they say we've played this 14 times now yeah. and I just love that I just think it's so funny yeah like, unintentionally funny I don't know that it's played for laughs but I don't know she's not having it up she's actually upset she yeah. wants to hear them sing it again but then I'd just say, yeah, the, the bad side is that like she's like madly in love with Bob and it's Jane does not need a man at all. No. And then and then she dresses up for him and it's just mm-hmm. gross. I hate stuff like that. And also, yeah. she should have been the marshal. Yeah. I'm fuming. Jim gets it, which is ridiculous. It should Jim have been is Jane. not qualified. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did quite like Robert Stack though, as Jim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also really Anne Rutherford as Anne, um, mm-hmm. but I wish her and Francis like really were together a lot more. But yeah, just because they're like both very opposite to each other, which I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, I just love I love Jane so much. I think this is my pick for underappreciated yes. performance, and she's literally the only part for me like worth watching this for and like talking yeah. about. I just love like how she plays this comedically, but in a very straight manner you feel really bad for her but then she also has that trademark francis sarcasm you know just having a a bit of a salty tongue she 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 does say damn a lot and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. that's a lot for this 40s film yeah i don't know how she got away with that but no right (laughs) i love the part i had to watch it like three times but when she first is introduced she goes into the bar and the bartender fills up like a beer thing and slides it down the the table to her she picks it up and drinks it all that was amazing literally i'm screaming for that i'm sorry i was unintelligible (laughs) yeah that was insane (laughs) yeah and i wrote i wonder how many shots it took them to get that because it was just one she knows what she's doing yeah (laughs) but i do think like all the romance stuff is so contrived and really just boring and then they have to add in all this racism and just i don't know it's so dated in that aspect i really honestly like i wrote this as a note like it should have just been about jane Mm-hmm. why do we have everything else yeah because i didn't i literally did not care about them <laughs> i think i just got tired because i watched these in chronological order of just all yes. of these love triangles it's like it's they're, mad how many there are yeah i think every single one of her films except for exclusive has a love triangle and there's so many other things you can do yeah. with relationships doesn't always have to be this love triangle thing and it's like no. a love triangle though they're, they're not all in love with each other like. that's true it's it's so one-sided on yeah. multiple ends yeah <laughs> bob is leading his group of friends and they're like pretending to be native americans and then they're like oh throwing yeah. the town and i don't know i was just very confused oh, why that like was it. a plot point yeah that didn't make me feel good it was not a f- good watch yeah because and they do not portray Native Americans well at all. No, they portray them really horribly in this film. And so yeah, that definitely it dates it, and it's mm-hmm. not good at all. Yeah, I mean it's Fight just the, the whole end. second it's... half of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awful. Really, I don't really think bad. it was that bad up to then. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. 
Oh, and then Anne had that whole speech about real patriots and real pioneers. Oh no. She was basically uh, trying to defend no. colonialism. But no. then the film presented it as being like she was right. That was such a patriotic thing for her to say. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? But literally, I can't stress enough. Like, Frances is so much so fun good. here, and she yeah. really just made it worth watching. Oh, 100%. But yeah, Frances should have had a, a. I think there was a Calamity Jane movie, but she should have had something like that. Yeah, should have had her own like spin off. Ready for Among the Living? Yes. Okay. This is my favorite film that I've watched for Francis, but it's really horrible to say this. She's like barely in it. Yeah. She, it's, it's not a Francis <laughs> film at all. It's just not. But it's, I think it's really good. Basically, there starts with this like funeral of this like very wealthy man and his son's there and his son is married to Frances. So she is just playing a wife role in this, which is obviously not what we want to see. But we've literally seen her be Calamity Jane. Yeah, come on. You can do so much better. Basically, though, so we find out that the, so his, I don't know which one's the evil twin, if it's John or Paul. Oh, uh, Paul's <laughs> uh, the twin and John's uh, the regular one. So John basically find out that, okay, he had a twin, but his twin died. And then we find out that the twin actually never died. He was just kept in the, in the attic of this like really fancy house they have, locked up because he's like mentally unstable, as in he's definitely probably killed his mum. This guy clearly needs help. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually on Paul's side here. I hate the doctor in this film because he will not just send him to an institution or like a a, a hospital. It's like, it would have been fixed so quickly if you just did this in the first place. Like, yeah, and um, he just locked him up for 25 years. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't even say it. that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's long. But yeah, so Paul is evil twin. He gets out, and then yeah, it's basically he rents a room out. Are they in New York? No, it can't be New York. I don't know where they live. I think so. It kind of reminds me of Newsy. Oh, it was like the brownstones, didn't it? Yeah. I know what you mean. Oh, and, then the, and there was a there's Newsy. A new, yeah. yeah. The Newsy's kid tries to sell his papes to Paul. And then Paul, like, doesn't, like, even engage. And he walks off. And then the kid goes, he's nuts. <laughs> Not PC language, okay? I know this is a point, yeah. okay? But it's just so <laughs> funny. Like, and we don't see that kid once. We see him twice. Uh. It's so funny. I love it so much. We've got as well with the twins. It's played by the same man, and I, um, Albert Decker, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this role. I thought he was excellent in this. Like you can clearly, it's quite funny because evil twin Paul, he had a beard, so you could tell he was yeah. the evil one. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about Francis. Mm-hmm. He is honestly reduced as a wife. I think what took me out though is that you, they show their bedroom, and it's just so funny to me. They've got single beds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even wrap my head around it. That all. People who were watching it slept in the same bed as their partners. Mm-hmm. Why were they not allowed to see it on screen? It's just mad to me. Because it, it implies always... sex. <laughs> it takes me out every single time. I'm like, I'm watching this and you believe that they're literally sleeping in separate beds. Yeah, it's... nobody believes that. No, like... <laughs> Near the end, the doctor doesn't want to help. I literally hate the doctor so much. He might yeah. be on levels of Edward Arnold. Oh my God, that's Maybe bad. he could have played him. That's how much I hated the doctor. <laughs> But yeah, I really love the film, I, but it just absolutely pains me to say that I just didn't, Frances did nothing in it. And that's not mm. her fault. That's not her. That's not her at all. It's yeah. writing. Hell, she could have played Susan Hayward's character. It, it, it just got dealt a bad hand in this film. But she served. She looked great. 
I love Susan Hayward so much, but I think it is pretty representative of we're going to cast this newcomer. And I think Frances is only like 29 or something. And she's the old maid now. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? So this kind of deals with mental health and all that stuff. Like, how did you think about that? It was portrayed awfully, let's be real, in it. It's yeah. so bad. It's not. <laughs> I wonder if they ever have any language they use. But it, it's just, yeah, it's very ableist if you think about it. The evil twin, it, it just really stigmatises it a bit, in it? Like, he's got to be evil. On Paul's side, I feel really sorry for him. And he hears his mother's screams and he has to hide his ears and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's been through a trauma. He needs to be properly medicated or like, treated on. So yeah. it's very of its time in that in that front yeah what What do you think I thought it was interesting how the doctor is definitely portrayed as being the problem you don't really get that that's true see I never looked at it like that okay because I I still hated him yeah (laughs) but they were in a way yeah portraying him as the bad guy because he was just acting so suspicious the whole time and then we learned that he uh, hid Paul away for his own gain and he fabricated the, the, the death the certificate. Death. Yeah. So yeah. I think on that front, it was a different take. And you could sympathize with Paul, especially there was like one scene I thought was really well done is when he goes to this bar and um, yes. there's this whole yeah. sort of montage where it becomes like super disorienting and it causes Paul to burst and he does murder yeah. someone. Like psycho being like oh yeah this guy murders because he's got like multiple personalities and stuff like that it just completely just ruins like mental health for someone mm-hmm. if it's not good luck yeah really really and damaging i guess that could explain a little bit like why francis was yes. looked at she was not a murderer or anything no. like that but you know yes. like people with yeah, mental yeah. health issues have always been portrayed as being other or a problem or they could hurt people and stuff like that. So I I guess it puts into perspective. This was really how people viewed other people in this time. So yeah, I will say though, one thing I was super grateful for that I thought they were going to do, but they didn't was, I feel like a big thing with twin things or whatever is that the evil twin will like take advantage of the other twins, like wife or girlfriend or something. I know what you mean. And they did yes. not do that. So yes, yeah. There's a good scene where he like he's in the room with her, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing happens. Frances is doing good in that scene. She's acting very well in that because she's she's scared, mm-hmm. but she can't be too scared. She doesn't know how to react in front of this guy. I thought she was acting very well in that. So, yeah, that was her best scene. First, she thinks it's her husband, right? And then it's oh my god, yeah. my husband has an evil twin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. she did a good job sort of cycling through all those different emotions yes also like how do they do that they showed the two guys at the same time how did they do that and it looked good it yeah. actually looked good it didn't look really bad it didn't like look like it was just too framed it looked good and they were like looking at each other realistic yeah. eye lines just needed more Francis. Yeah, come on. It's a short film as well. So it could have added some Francis stuff. Yeah, I think it was like 68 minutes or something. Yeah, it was nothing. I do it's think so that the true. ending was a little too abrupt as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it just like all of a sudden they realized, oh my god, he's the good twin, not the evil one, and ended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Because they, they go to his grave, innit? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's just a bit, nah. It's it, let down, yeah. Yes, yeah. I did love this one line Susan said when they're going to the house to find the killer. And she says, he only chokes people. We've got a gun. Oh my God, she's such an icon. Yeah. I actually can <laughs> She, so she's the highlight fits. for me. She has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> she's armed. I love it. I love it so much. I guess yes. I could talk about Son of Fury. Okay. This is my third favorite Francis This is film. my second. <gasps> oh, okay. Nice. We, we both like it. That's good. <laughs> so this was one I definitely wanted to talk about because we mentioned it in the Gene Tierney episode, but I didn't really go into detail. So I guess we can now. But this is an awesome cast. We've got... Tyrone Power, Gene Tierney, Francis, George Sanders, John Carradine, Roddy McDowell. If you like old movies, this is your Avengers or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another Carradine as yeah. well. Like. <laughs> also, Roddy is credited as Master Roddy McDowell. I did not know he started out as a kid. Oh my yeah. God. He's been in so much. Yeah. Master, I didn't even catch that. That's so funny. Oh my god! But he is adorable in this. I yes. love Roddy so much. He's playing young Tyrone Power, which is also hilarious. There's no <laughs> correlation. But we're in Bristol, oh. hometown. Represent. <laughs> I think it's eighteen something. I... Yeah, late eighteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we learned that George Sanders who is Arthur, he's his uncle, and he hates Ben. So Ben lives with his grandpa, who's like a gunsmith, which is funny. He's like this old guy, like... Classic Bristol. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Old guy with guns. And so then Arthur comes and he's like, I need to take Ben with me for some reason. I think he he wants to keep an eye on him because Ben is like the rightful heir because his father died and um, Arthur took over his mansion and like all his money and stuff like that. But truly it should go to Ben. So then he makes Ben a stable boy. It's so funny. It's so funny. (laughs) So mean. It's yeah, this is like a 12 year old child working and so all the little like stable boys that work there, they make him like hold all this tack and he like falls over and then they beat him up for dropping it. And so then he runs away. Then he vows to his grandpa that he's going to suck it up and basically take revenge on his uncle when he gets old enough. I love it. Love it. This is Roddy McDowell. Master Roddy McDowell. But then no more Roddy. He's all grown up and now he's Tyrone Power what? with no British accent. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. They live they, they live in the houses in Wiltshire. <laughs> yeah, they definitely so should have tried. Fast. Now Ben is all grown up and his cousin is Francis, which I did She's not. She's not his cousin. No. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, I didn't put no. that together until after I watched the movie. So like she's Arthur's daughter. Her name's Isabel. And she is honestly amazing in this film. So iconic. Like she is commanding. I'm honestly in awe of like how she was able to do this stuff in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She and uh, Tyrone are in love, 
but they don't want to admit it. It's a weird dynamic between the two of them where she obviously has the higher power over him because he's the lowly servant, which is so interesting. That's different. Tyrone leaves for this island with this crew of people, um, which includes John Carradine, who convinces him to go to this island with him where they have all these pearls and so then they can take the pearls and get rich off of that basically and then Tyrone will have made a name for himself and he can kind of basically get back at his uncle and get his rightful assets or whatever like from his father there on the island he meets Jean Tierney who plays this islander lady and there's a whole can of worms we can get into with that (laughs) I think it's been like several years or something like that Tyrone returns to London and he's basically trying to get this guy to help him prove his innocence and also his that he's the rightful heir then there's this like trial scene we find out that George Sanders is not even a Blake family member (laughs) and so then Tyrone gets the mansion he leaves it to all the people that work there and then he just heads back to the island where John Carradine stayed the whole time and yeah that's pretty much it to run through but (laughs) yes I like this movie I liked it a lot more on rewatch once again and yeah it's just fun like the middle sort of island portion is really stupid I think they should have cut it out because it slows down the picture immensely but I think all the stuff with Francis is super interesting there's a lot of weird like relationships type stuff there between like her and Tyrone and then also like her and her father I love love Benjamin and his grandpa they are so adorable and it's just like such a sweet relationship Especially the final scene of them as well. Isn't yeah. It? Love when he goes back to see him. Yeah. So it's a good movie. I definitely feel like it's hindered by just the pacing. And yeah. Frances is in the first third and then she's a little bit in the last part. But I did really want her to be more in it, especially because her character seems very complex. And yet she's not really quite allowed to fully go there yeah yeah I love her more in the end than in her first Mm -hmm. scenes because I love that she waited for him yeah I think you don't really see that a lot because he's been gone for a while so yeah it seems to be a long time yeah like also I want to just also preface this by saying I did not know they were cousins so can we just also just can we just ignore the fact that they're yeah just discount that information (laughs) (laughs) or maybe they aren't cousins because but then it would make sense if the dad isn't related Oh, he isn't yeah. actually related. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Technically, they're not because. Not blood related. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but um, I really like that moment when, like, he's in her bedroom and, like, she's, like, with him. She, I, I thought she was going to switch and be, like, on her dad's side. So I was very mm-hmm. happy about that. But yeah, I just really thought they were great together. Yeah. I really liked her and Tyrone. That could be my favorite of her co star, I think. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I just really liked him in this. They were great together. They get to a mass ball at the beginning as well. Oh my God, they're just very good together. <laughs> I got to talk about that scene in the beginning with in the stable when she, yes, she pulls him up by the hair yes. and she tries to whip him. 
don't, 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 don't. Wow. Oh my god, yeah, but oh my god, F had tied by the hair. <laughs> I think the tension in that scene was just impeccable, honestly. Yes. There's just so much in the air between the two of them. Yeah. What is she gonna do? But then also you want them to make out, and there's yeah. a lot happening. It was um, hot. It also yeah. really jealous as well of her men with her. So everyone was just, yeah, there's so much tension going on. Something that is interesting about Tyrone Powers, a lot of times he is like the one that is dominated in his films, like by women. That's very true. That's yeah. very true. Which is just fun. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice to see a woman like being the one to be the pursuer more so yes. than the man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never put that together, but yeah, literally. Blood and Sand, Rita Hayworth. Yep. She does the same hair grabbing. I love it so much. <laughs> You really just want their characters to be together. And maybe that's why I hate the island stuff too. I don't know. I think all the stuff with him and Jean just feels so trite. And it doesn't match his character at all. And I hate that he changes that much. But just for those scenes, like he kind of remains the same in the first and the third parts, but definitely not in the middle. It's just confusing. It does kind of come out of nowhere. There's all of a sudden a subplot where he's domesticating this woman on the island. Yeah. Like, it's not good. There's some good fight scenes. Tyrone gets, like, slapped in every other scene. Oh, he whipped as well. They love yeah. to whip him in this film. Like, it's, it's horrid to him. insane. <laughs> yeah, the stuff he goes through. And definitely feels homoerotic with George Sanders' character. So there's a lot you can unpack here. There's a lot to do. There's a lot yeah, to Yeah, I would recommend this one. I think Same. there's... Oh, the certain parts are better than others, but as a whole, I think it's a good movie. Oh, well, I completely agree. I think it's, yeah. And also, once again, it feels like a proper film. Mm-hmm. It's like actually well made and stuff. Yeah. And great cast. I think that really could make yes. up for any issues, honestly. Exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't even know Francis was in a film with Tyrone. So it really, they just worked so well together. Yeah. I really liked it. I wish they'd done so many more films. I don't like that so many of her romantic leads were not really equals. They were more yeah. trying to take advantage of her or yeah. weird possession type stuff. So Yep. No, yeah. 100% agree. So it's actually nice to see not that for once. Yeah. Like. So this was Francis's last film for 16 years. It's commonly thought to be her last film ever made, which is not true. She had one more, which was called The Party Crashers. This is very much like a rebel without a cause vein where these teenagers played by 30-year-olds. That's um, so funny. <laughs> Don't even. Oh my God. That's so funny. They're just getting up to all this trouble. Lots of teenager parent dynamics going on. The main character, Josh, played by Bobby Driscoll. Francis plays his mother. She has pretty sizable role like more than I thought she would I know what you mean yeah when I knew yeah. she, when I heard that she was just a mum I was like oh she's probably never been a lot but she mm-hmm. actually has just some scenes and she does a lot with them yeah I think every single one of her scenes has some importance too which is pretty different we have another love triangle <laughs> so this girl Barb she is dating Josh, who's like super straight laced, boring or whatever. So she's in lust with Twig, who's like the bad guy. 
So yeah, it's about lots of different things, really. These parents don't care about them. Well, these twigs doesn't. Mm-hmm. They're going out and getting. They're going out to parties. That they're acting out by party crashing. I just thought it was so funny. What do you mean they're party crashing? Just call the police. Like, just get them out. What are you doing? Yeah. But they did call the police in the first party, and then the kids got beat up because they did call the police. So dumb. It's a, sorry, I think this is absolute. Is not a good film. It's like, I like this what, one. Did you like it? What yeah. was so weird. Twig's parents as well. Twig's mum was a milf. How we just get that out of the way? Like, true. She was a queen. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was weird. It was weird. It was a weird film. It's very strange. But I liked it because I thought it was like very risky and very dark, which I wasn't expecting at all. It was a little after school, especially at points. But I think once it hit its stride, there was some good, just weird stuff. (laughs) I can't describe exactly just the nuances between all these different characters. And their interactions with each other. Especially like Twig's parents. Oh, so weird. Because Twig's dad is like an alcoholic. I don't even think he like has a job. He just stays home all day and He's like in the kitchen and like Yeah. He's just always like berating Twig. Yeah. But not even in like a cliched way. Like And then his mom obviously is so bored because her husband literally does nothing but drink. Yes. And so she has to go out and have, go to parties and he thinks she's a tramp. And so this kind of explains like why Twig acts out. Um, yes. I thought that was like a very different take for a 50s film because they're really just showing how this alcoholism, that was a real problem in the 50s is like, Fathers would come home from work and get super drunk and berate their family members and take out all of their insecurities on their wife and their kids and stuff like that. And so for them to really show that and show the effects that it had on these people was just quite different. And it was pretty transparent, I felt, about the masculinity, too, with these characters because Twig's father felt very insecure because his wife... Um, just didn't want to spend time with him. Josh felt out of place because his dad basically abandoned him and his girlfriend didn't want to spend time with him anymore. Yep. yep. Poor Josh. Yeah. John. But I really did like Frances in this and how progressive her character seemed. She really just wanted to spend time with her son and with her husband and they were just pushing her away. And that was really sad. And there's a one scene at the end when they're like in the police station. The dad's basically saying, if Josh wanted help, then he would come to us and he would tell us. And But I can't help him because like I'm always at work. And so she says, do you really want to help Josh? Then we'll find the time. Aww. And so I just thought that was like a really nice message to have too, yes. which is yeah. just so atypical for this time period. It's like to all the parents watching in it, they could learn something from it. Yeah. I think the third act was like really insane because they go to crash this party and it turns out there's all these, like it's an adult party. It's not like a teen party. And so then the adults like lock them in there and they start harassing them. 
And that was crazy. Why would you lock them in? Why would you lock those teens in? What are you doing? Go on. <laughs> they got to teach them a lesson. <laughs> I Yeah, I was just like shocked at that part. And then especially like how Twig accidentally kills his mom. And oh, that was why. I missed that. <laughs> what? How did you miss that? Because oh, Twig's mom turns out to be at the party. Yeah. And so he's trying to get her out the back door which is where the all these steps are and she's trying to get out of his grasp and she falls down the steps God, what? yeah how did you miss that literally, i wrote that about i literally wrote that what she wore at the party she wears a black halter neck dress with black gloves you must have missed her falling down the steps oh my god <laughs> it was so awful i just can i yeah Oh, sorry, I just need my nose. I put I've forgotten what it's like to watch good films. Oh, it's not been a good month for me. It's not been good. It's not. Been... Yeah, I was shocked when I saw your rating for it. I was like, oh wow, this isn't the first time where every single film you've probably maybe not a mom living, but you've rated everyone uh-huh. higher than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Because I thought it was such jokes that like, these teens planned parties to crash. Do they not have anything better to do? Like. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no, right? And then the fact that everyone knew them for their party crashes. It is pretty funny. Like, I guess you really didn't have anything to do because all they did was like go out to dance and eat and I guess school. And yeah, so they didn't have anything to do with their evenings. I guess they weren't getting invited to parties. Who so. would want Twig at their party? Yeah. Like? <laughs> He's such a menace. So did you Francis in the set because I really I mean she was just like I don't know she didn't do much for me I thought she was just a mom in this like in Among the Living where she's just a wife I like that she was nice she mm-hmm. was like actually a nice parent and she was nice to her son and listened to him but I don't know yeah did, did you like her in this do you think she was all right yeah I liked her a lot <laughs> nice, nice I put this as my other underappreciated performance because I felt like she really portrayed probably like that really real feeling that a lot of housewives have is like her husband didn't want to spend time with her and her son didn't want to spend time with her so she was always just like home alone and she was always like asking them if they were going to be home for dinner and like they never were but then she was still always there for her son and I felt like she was telling some of the lessons of the movie but it seemed more natural than maybe it could have been if that makes sense but I do wish it had focused more on just one of the family dynamics because we had Barb's family and Josh's family and then a lot of other things but I do think it's sad one to be her last film yeah but I think it would have been nice to see her play like more older roles and like mothers and but obviously ones with like story substance and importance yeah yeah i think that's true she's like the star of the oh maybe bobby driscoll's was famous as well but she's like the big name that that's true if you want to talk about it you can. I know you didn't like it, but <laughs> honest, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think I have anything to say. Um, this yeah. wasn't a film for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not. It's miserable. I hate it. I don't like being like this. I don't know why none of these films work. It was fine. Yeah, it really wasn't. It wasn't it's okay. okay. You don't have it to was... lie. 
the filmography is weird and I can see maybe like why it wouldn't appeal to everyone so maybe that's why she's not like super well known yeah but I do think there's at least three or four that if you want you should check them out for our listeners we'll talk more about other personal life stuff and all that in our next episode but we could maybe wrap this up with some roles we would have liked to have seen her play and maybe what directions her career could have gone in if things had worked out better for her. Do you want to start? Yes, I don't have a lot. I know, surprise, I always leave that. Um, <laughs> but I tell you what, Yeah, I would have really liked to have seen her in more John Garfield films. Yeah. I think they should have been in more films together for sure. I would have really liked to have seen that. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything, but like I wanted to see her in happy films as well. I could have easily <laughs> said noirs and stuff, but like I want her in like nice films because when she's happy and young and like, carefree, she's great. Like I really liked her, her happy roles, like way more than her like snarky ones. So I would have liked something like fun and upbeat for her, yeah. for sure. Um, but the, but then you think of the films of that age. I can't literally can't think of anything where a woman's happy. Like I cannot think of anything. Yeah, I think John Garfield was her best co-star for sure. They should have been in way more films together than just one. Yeah. Should have been way more. So that's really bad. (laughs) That's why, I don't know, I don't feel a, I don't know, I just don't really feel a connection. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's fine, yeah. We're bound to feel that way about it. We're not meant to love everyone, but yeah. Yeah. I had a couple, I think seeing her in a, just like a screwball comedy would have been nice. Yes, you know she could do comedy. Yeah. yeah. I wrote to replace Joan Blondell in Blonde Crazy, which is this movie with James Cagney, where they work at like this hotel and they go through hotels throughout America and pull all these cons and stuff. Oh, fun. (laughs) Um, fun. And I love James Cagney and... It's just a silly, very goofy thing. But she, Joan Blondell's character really holds her own in that. She just gets to do a lot of stuff that I think Frances did in Rhythm on the Range. But she's a lot more spunky. I also said replace Donna Reed in From Here to Eternity, which this is a very dramatic role. (laughs) But this is like a war film set around Pearl Harbor. And she's playing this dance hall lady there's lots of different stories going on but hers is most intertwined with montgomery cliffs and they have an interesting relationship in that francis really wanted to do more dramatic roles really show off her acting chops and i think this would have given her that opportunity and then i didn't really have a film for this either but i would have loved to seen her work with robert ryan who's one of my favorite actors love robert ryan yeah Yeah. (laughs) And um, he did a lot of noirs, and Francis would have been a great kind of counterpart, I think. I don't know what film, but I really just think they, they would have balanced. Those two would have worked yeah. together. Yeah. Kind of like a John Garfield type situation. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I like that. And then I had Faye Dunaway and Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, very nice. I know that doesn't really fit like timeline oh my God, slash no. age no, no. wise, but I do feel like she was a really great actor and deserves attention and to be studied. I think she brought a lot to the table for female characters and female actors that just nobody really pinpoints her as the one to do that. 
Yes. Okay. So I have my six degrees. Okay. So we're connecting Brandon Lee to Francis. So Brandon Lee was in Kung Fu with David Carradine, who was in a movie with his father, Boxcar Bertha. And then oh, okay. you know, John Carradine was in Son of Fury with Francis. Well done. The Carradine universe. Yeah. <laughs> it expands. <laughs> I've heard of Boxcar yeah. Bertha. I think it was Scorsese's second film. Uh, it's not very well known but yeah yeah oh that's very good very good did you have any last thoughts i've been really negative this episode um but she was great in her films i want people to remember her as an actor rather than what happened in her personal life i know we set up everyone but um, yeah that would be nice Mm -hmm. just not sensationalize it maybe i'll come back to her films i might like them more (laughs) yeah i mean kind of watching them all in a row it can get a little old yeah yeah it's when i have to like i don't know yeah i really am shocked by this so yeah i'm, I'm i feel a bit disappointed yeah it's fine i just other people can stand her so i don't need yeah. to that's i don't okay. need to join that <laughs> i'm worried i'm gonna love the, the biopic and it's gonna be like oh no why yeah. would you like that <laughs> so yeah i'm not about, sure but... what to expect no so you've not seen it no okay nice but Yes, so join us next week. We'll be talking about the 1982 biopic Francis starring Jessica Lange. And we'll also just talk more about Francis's personal life and how the mythology around her has really grown. And I think the movie has really played a part in that too. So it should be an interesting episode. Thanks for listening and see you then. This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.